In this installment of The Grind of Vine, author and speaker Rich Lewis takes us inside his book, Sitting with God, and shares what it's like when centering prayer as a means of inner transformation is the focal point and so much more. So get yourself ready because this grind becomes so official right now. family. Greetings and welcome to The Grind to Find. Tarola Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achievers find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being while bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. You know, I think that right now, especially in this space and place just in the world, it is so important for each and every one of us who are believers to take the time to be intentional about clearing spaces in our life where we make room for God. But how many of us actually take the time to center that time with God? And you can't center that time with God without prayer being an integral part of that space that you create. Well, today is a day that I'm excited to share with you because I have author, speaker, and coach Rich Lewis here with me, who's going to be talking about not only the power of centering prayer, but how centering prayer made a huge difference in his life. It's making a difference in the lives of people that he works with today and getting a little bit deeper into his book that's talking all about centering prayer. It's called Sitting with God. So I don't wanna waste any time. I wanna get right into the conversation that Rich and I had. It was such an amazing conversation with so much depth and fruit. But before we get into the meat of things, I think it's only important to let you learn a little bit more about author, speaker, and coach, Rich Lewis. Author, speaker, and coach Rich Lewis from Ambler, Pennsylvania, has been a daily practitioner of Centering Prayer since June 1st, 2014. Centering Prayer has been so life-giving and life-changing that Rich felt compelled to share his journey with others who wish to learn more. Rich's newest book entitled, Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer, focuses on centering prayer as a means of inner transformation. To support others in learning and incorporating centering prayer into their lives, Rich teaches centering prayer in both his local and virtual community and offers one-on-one -on -one coaching. I know firsthand how powerful prayer is and the importance of making prayer a daily part of who we are and not merely something we do. So I wanted to learn what brought Rich's desire to center prayer, how sitting with God came to be, and what lay ahead on his impactful journey. Okay, everybody, I have someone phenomenal in TGD Studios today. I am here with Rich Lewis. And Rich, you know, there's there's so much <laughs> to go over with you because you're doing some really amazing things. And I just want to get right into talking a little bit about, you know, I know that uh, your book, Sitting with God, is, I think it's, it's outstanding and it's really brings into perspective, I think, what everybody should take the time to do. Find a space to really sit with God because in sitting with God, we get the opportunity to really get to know who we are. And I know with you and prayer and that space of silence for prayer, that's something that has become the foundation for who you are and what you do. But I want to know what was life like for Rich before you took on 
the amazing presence of silence. What was that like for you? Sure. Um, yeah, and I had just, I just, I'd always been attracted to silence. I just didn't know what to do in the silence. And we'll talk more about Center in Prayer. And I found Center in Prayer in late 2013 in a book I was reading called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots by Amos Smith. So that's when I began practicing Center in Prayer and, and, and reached out to Amos, who wrote the book and had a lot of back and forth dialogue. So right around then, I guess you could say I was looking for something, but didn't know what it was. I, I knew that there was, a, I had a, a, didn't have the depth of my relationship with God that I could have. It could be stronger, more intimate, deeper. And then even who was Rich Lewis before Centering Prayer and after Centering Prayer, I would say I didn't have a, a whole lot of confidence. So Centering Prayer, if or if I basically if I say the fruits, that's I was kind of the opposite, but not quite the opposite. So I'm, Centering Prayer has infused me with confidence that, that I didn't know I had to do things and get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things like write a book and, and speak and go on podcasts and, and teach and coach people. I didn't have the confidence to do any of that stuff. So before Centering Prayer, I was, I was a, I guess, a less confident person. I stayed in my comfort zone, didn't venture out and try and do new things, even though I wanted to. I was too scared to do that. And, and I probably wasn't as present of a person as I could be with Centering Prayer. It's taught me to kind of live in, in the moment and what it has to offer. And I probably was more of either regretting the past or, or looking to the future instead of living in, in the current moment. So that's a little bit about how I've I've changed. I've become more confident and I've become more present to me to the present moment and I've been more willing to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things and grow uh, myself and challenge myself. I love that you mentioned living in the past or worrying about the future because I think that that's something that's so common for the average person and when you're in those two spaces you're right you can miss so much of the right now so when you think about who you are today as opposed to maybe who you were 10 years ago what were some of the things that you feel like maybe you missed out on because you really couldn't appreciate that moment? I, I guess what what the moment has to offer and the thing. So probably in my in my day to day work, I, I probably missed out on opportunities or projects that I could have been exposed to, possibly promotions at, at work, and, and then even you know at home not being as present and you know listening to kids or family or friends, and, and I probably missed things that I should have heard that I could have either been more present to listen to, ask more questions regarding, and, and maybe I just missed them because my mind was not fully engaged. In the present moment. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I love my friends and family, but if the more present you are, you're you're listening and present for them and giving them the space and attention they deserve. So I probably wasn't giving friends, family, work, or the things in front of me the space that it needs. <laughs> I bet. What 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 was it like then? Because I know that for myself, transitioning from that space of being unaware to going into that space where now you're fully aware and you're like, my God, where has all of this been all of those years? <laughs> you know, what was it like? What what were some of the, the differences that you noticed in family and friends when you started to make that change? Was that something that people picked up on and it changed the energy and dynamic with your relationships? Or do you think that they even noticed at all? What was that like for um, you? Maybe more for me, just being more present 
present. So sitting in my son's room and just sitting on his bed and listening to him and, and letting him have my full attention and, and just watching him or listening to him. And it's actually, my daughter is the opposite. So my son, who is 13, just wants me to sit with him and we don't always have to talk. He just wants me to be there. And every once in a while, he'll say something or I can ask him a question. And then I have my daughter who's, she's 20 now, but she, um, complete opposite, constant chatter and talking. So I guess I'm just giving them what they both fully need. He just needed me in the room with him, not necessarily talking. And my daughter needs an active ear. <laughs> And, and and probably the same for my wife, just just being present and sometimes listening and not necessarily reacting, giving her an opinion. She just wants me to hear her say something and not necessarily correct her or tell her what, what she's doing wrong. She just wants to know I'm there and listening to her. So I think I got better at doing you know, all of that. You know that that's major. <laughs> Men, if you are listening, <laughs> they're like, this rich guy, he really needs to be quiet. Right. <laughs> He's telling... <laughs> No, but that is that is so important, I think, from from a woman's perspective. Sometimes just having that ear and feeling like he's engaged is huge. So I want to talk about sitting with God. So you were at that space where you didn't have the confidence. Writing a book was definitely not on your list of things to do. You didn't even see you as being the guy that you are today. So tell me about how things lined up in your life where you said, not only am I going to write a book, but this sitting with God is what I think. I want to share with people. Tell me a little bit about how that happened. Sure. So as I said, I began practicing Center in Prayer as a result of reading uh, that book, Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots in 2013, and 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 created really a friendship with the author. He actually is the one that challenged me to write a book. He had written that book, and then he had a second book that was done, and and he was working to get it published. His first book was more academic. He thought, I ought to write a book. He was the one that challenged me to write a book, so I initially thought he he was crazy because I'd never written anything more than five or six pages. But I kind of asked him, well, what, what do you mean? What, what should I do? And he, and he said, just take two weeks or so and just jot down single sentence statements about you know, what does centering prayer and silence mean to you? So I took him up on that and then shot him back an email in about two or three weeks with 13, 14, 15 single sentence statements. And then his reaction was, great, those are the chapters of your book, go right. Well, I didn't think it was that simple. I mean, I, I get it that makes sense because though each single sentence statement could be a chapter. So I decided, well, why don't I just pick one of them and write one chapter and see what he thinks. And if he, and if he kind of, if the reaction is like, oh my God, this, this guy is, I'm sorry, I even asked him to do this. I didn't know what to expect. So I, I, I picked one, wrote a chapter, sent it to him. And to my surprise, his response was, you know, this is neat. This is fresh. I think you got something here and I really think you should continue. And I think all of a sudden I thought, oh my God, maybe I really can do this. So I talked to my wife. And I said, what do you what do you think of me writing a book? And she's my wife really has never discouraged me from anything. We, we don't discourage each other from anything. So I decided that I would try it, but I didn't want to take time away from the family. So I would actually started writing the book um, and I did it on Saturday mornings from 6 a.m. to about 10 a.m. at the local Starbucks. So I actually disciplined myself to get up, just put on my baseball cap, get laptop, drive to the Starbucks. This is pre-COVID and, and then just get a cup of coffee and, and write. And that's actually how the book 
got written. So it was Amos kind of nudging me to write a book, me trying a chapter and realizing maybe I really can do this, and then just talking to my wife and, and figuring out how do I do this without disrupting family and taking time away from the family. And the solution was discipline yourself to write it in Saturday mornings. And that's that's how the book got written on Saturday mornings over a couple year period. That's such a wonderful point. So much can change in our lives when we decide to get that discipline together and take a challenge on head on. But we're going to take a quick break right here. But when we come back, Rich is going to share with us what it was like to finally finish his manuscript and birth this new project, as well as taking on the decision to share what it's like to center prayer with so many others. Don't go anywhere.
there are a lot of people that I run across who want to write books. And I always encourage, being an author myself, I always encourage, I love journaling. I think that that's a way to be able to receive yourself because people are receiving us. We don't get the opportunity to receive ourselves. I think journaling is great. But I think book writing a book is the next level because through my process, there was so much more that I learned about myself that I was not aware of because I can't receive myself. Now with you, you did your list of your statements, which became your chapters. And I want to know, was there some things through that process that you learned about yourself and maybe even some depth that you were not aware of that was revealed as you wrote your book? And what were some of those things? I, th- I think I just learned to trust trust that it would come. I mean, that, that it was kind of a neat spiritual practice, except for two of the two of the chapters involved a little bit of research that I would I listened to some podcasts and I read some books and took some notes and then decided from my notes what should I put in the chapters. But really, most of the book was, I didn't know what would land on the pages from that single sentence statement. So I, I think I just learned to trust what what do I what have I learned so far? What should I share with, with the community that's going to you know, read this book? So I, I think I just learned to trust myself, not judge anything. Actually, probably just trust God and say, "All right, God, what do you want to land on on the pages here?" Because that that was the need. It was a really neat spiritual practice because I didn't know what would land on the pages each Saturday morning as as I typed, and I would just trust God that what needed to be shared in the book would come out. Were you comfortable during that process with some of the things that God was saying to you? This is the direction that I want you to go in. Did you ever have a space where you were like, okay, I feel this is what you want me to do, but uh, this feels weird. Or were you just okay with the whole process? I was okay with it. I mean, maybe one of my biggest fears was, okay, I'd written the book over a couple year period and then I was working with different publishers and I finally had a publisher that wanted to, to, to do it. My biggest fear was by the time the book came out, is this still me? And, and as, and I, and I actually, you know, I read the Kindle book when the book was published in August of 2020. I, I went ahead and got myself, purchased the Kindle and, and read it and thought it was important to go through it. And then as I read it, it was like, no, this, this is still me. I mean, this, a lot of this is still me. It hasn't changed because I thought like, maybe I'm going to be lying to the community and this is a rich from too long ago and that's finally been published. But that really wasn't the case. So I guess I kind of learned that, that the book was still pretty relevant and, and, and timely. I like that. Relevant and timely. Do you think that uh, since you said August of 2020 when you published, correct? Yes. When you published in August of 2020, this uh, just being a little over a year later, do you feel like there has been a greater elevation of who you are, the the spirit man now than who you were when you wrote the book or, or, or when the book was published? You think that, that you've grown more since then or... How has God worked with you? No, I would say I've, I've definitely continued to realize that my true self is, is a journey and it's a lifelong journey and, and to really trust the process. So I, I guess I continued to gain more nudges to get out of my comfort zone and I continued to gain confidence because, you know, as a result of the book, I was doing things that, I, that still scared me, you know, getting on a, a ton of podcasts and doing guest speaking in front of small and large groups on, on Zoom and um, doing coaching, all that stuff kind of scared, still scared me, but it doesn't scare me anymore. So I, I think it, I think as a result of the book and continuing my practice, I've continued to just trust who should my true self be and continue to trust that I should just go, keep going, listen to the inner nudges of God and, and, and go. 
I mean, and one last neat experience. I mean, a lot of neat things have happened since the book. I, I had, um, I was asked to write the forward for two books, two other books that came out, and that was kind of a pleasant surprise because I was thinking, who, who am I? I should be asking these people to write forwards, but yet it was the other way around, and so I was very flattered and humbled, but but and wrote hopefully very nice forwards for them, and then even this January, I was asked to participate in it. There's about ten different thought leaders in the center and spares centering. Uh, prayer space, I was asked to guest speak at a summit, a, a virtual summit in January, so I'm in the midst of kind of fine-tuning what I'm going to say. So a lot of neat things have just happened as a result of the book and me getting out there and talking and sharing and doing podcasts and guest speaking. All of a sudden, my inbox st- starts getting you know, filled with different questions or different things to ask me to do. That is awesome. It's, it's always so amazing when you trust God and step up. The things that will happen and not only the things that will happen, he prepares us for them. Yes, we have the way that we feel about it, but God is not going to ask you to step into a space of something bigger than who you thought you were or where you thought you've been and not give you the tools that you need to do it. So speaking of having tools, having community, you do. You actually you have uh, your community. Silence teaches that's your website. And I, I love that because I think that that's one of the hardest things to do in this day and age to find a space of silence and even to have the, the, uh, the self-discipline and create a practice of being able to own that space. Because I know for me, when I first started to embrace that silence, initially, it's like your brain will not allow you <laughs> to have a space of quiet. It's like when you say, okay, I want the space of quiet. I want the space for just myself with God. That's when it seems like it gets even noisier. So you having a community that you dedicate to silence and you, you do weekly prayer as well, right? Um, I do a weekly meditation, if that's what you're referring to. So meditation. I, I, don't, I don't have it. Okay. I, I don't have a Zoom group that, that, that comes on, but I, do, I have a weekly meditation. Maybe that's what seeing on my, on my website. Yes. Okay. So tell, tell me a little bit about your community and what people can expect if they decide to sure. come and uh, spend some time sure. there. Sure. Well, if they come to Silence Teaches, um, the first thing, if it, when they subscribe, they'll get a copy of my free ebook on Centering Prayer. So it's a short 10 or 12 page PDF that kind of describes what is Centering Prayer and answers bunch of questions about it you know what is it and when should you practice and what are the fruits of it and what are some next steps you should take if you have an established practice so they'll get that um they'll get a weekly meditation every monday i have a a meditation that's really centered around centering prayer um they'll receive also off my website they'll receive um I like to interview other contemplatives like me, so I might find other interesting people, send them a five to seven questions, and they'll respond back, and I'll put that as a post on on my site. I like to read books, so sometimes I'll put book reviews on my site in case it can help others to read the book. So they'll see that type of stuff coming off my site. If they're they're involved in a church group or some type of group, I have an Invite Me to Speak page because there's a lot of centering prayer groups or church study groups or faith groups that have asked me to come speak. So I have an Invite Me to Speak page for people that want to want some help with centering prayer and either starting a practice and just don't trust that it's something they'll do on their own without a kind of an accountability partner or or a coach. Um, I offer one-on-one coaching, but also for people, my coaching, you know, is either some of it is new people to centering prayer. Some of it is people that have been practicing, but just feel that, you know, who is their true, they want some help with who is their true self and who, 
how can they tap into this person? And then I even coached some, some people in ministry have reached out to me and said, I'm taking care of everybody except myself, doing a terrible job with self-care. I need help with it, so I want you to help me take better care of myself. And I think Centering Prayer is something that can do that for me. So coaching is on my web, website as well. So that, And then a resource page just full of information on valuable books and online courses and websites that I found helpful. So they'll see all, all that kind of stuff on my website, Silence Teaches. That's awesome. Well, what is something that you've learned about Rich as of today that you didn't know 10 years ago? Um, I guess the one last thing, also, the, obviously my book's on the website too. I should, I should have mentioned that. They'll, they'll find the sure. book. So what, what's one thing I've learned about Rich? I, I think I've learned... I don't, it's okay not to know everything and just trust. I just need to know the next step. So I don't need to know, I may, I may have something that I want to do and I kind of see an end point, but I, I don't know how to get there. I just need to know the next step. So, and I just need to take one step forward and the path will become clearer as I keep moving forward. Or maybe the people that I, I need to help me with it will, will suddenly start appearing. So I think I just, I, I think I've learned to, clarity comes with action. If I just move forward, the path starts becoming clear. Trust trust the process by just moving forward. I love that. I want to thank you so much for stopping by and just sharing some of your, your, your wisdom with us today and your energy, just the energy behind what you do. You can tell that you're passionate about what you do. And um, I'm just grateful that you're out there sharing what you do with everyone. The, it, there needs to be as many of us as possible doing this work for God, because you never know what person listening will hear the message from you that resonates with them when they couldn't connect to anyone else before that. So I really appreciate you stopping by. And before you leave, please just let everyone know what are all the different ways that they can get some more of what's going on with Rich Lewis? Sure. I mean, the best place is just to come to my site, silenceteaches.com. That's the best place to find me to subscribe, to get the free ebook, to learn more about, you know, either my coaching or guest speaking or just to you know, start receiving my weekly meditation um, that silenceteaches.com and then if they want to follow me on social media they'll see the social media icons on my website so if they want to follow me either on twitter or instagram or, or or linkedin or facebook it's it's all on my page so just come to silenceteaches.com is the best place to find me well, it's been an absolute pleasure from the TGD Studios family here to you and yours. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Talk about perfect timing for this conversation today. Well, that is it for content on this fine Friday. If you haven't already, log on to thegrindofine.com and click on feed so that you can follow me. If you like a little something extra special in your tea, then you're definitely going to want to click on join the list. And just in case you missed any of the information uh, that would lead you to Rich Lewis and learning more about his work, don't worry about it. If you're listening in your car or wherever you are and you didn't get that information at thegrindofine.com, check out episode 46 links will be underneath the episode so that you can connect with him and uh center your prayer with him and his community in the meantime and between time go into your week and on beyond that into your weekend knowing that no matter what it is you imagine for yourself 
It's just movements away from you claiming it. That's right. You imagine it, it's because it's exactly what God wants for you. So don't let fear keep you standing in one space. Take those moves forward and watch your movement start to clear out the space in your life to bring what you want most into fruition. As I always say, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Terrell and Michelle here. Until next time, peace and abundant blessings. Thank you.